So I had a bit of a cookery accident at the weekend. Uh, um, oh no! <laughs> I was I was I was, do, I was doing something which I actually really like doing cooking, which is where you start frying something in a pan and then put the whole pan in the oven oh, with the like food a, to keep cooking. A skillet job, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it saves you having to use a second pan. Um, and when I when I took it out, I obviously used a like a, a tea towel to grab the handle and take it out to avoid scalding my hand. And then it was, I, le- <laughs> I left it on, on the counter for a few seconds uh-huh. and then came back and just grabbed the handle. Oh, no. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like um, it, it, it did burn, but it's not like a flesh peeling away from the hand kind of burn. It's just, oh, got, it's just a bit red and a bit raised. Oh, but, dear. Um, this, the saddest thing is it's not even the first time I've done that. Oh, James, this is just you need no, to change your system. <laughs> I know. Welcome, listener, to this season two, episode twelve, the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Piper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. And I'm joined this week by James Archer. Hello, James. Hello, Alice. He of the burned hand. <laughs> <laughs> Poor James. Uh, we're not joined by Nate this week. He's, he's unfortunately ill this week, um, not disastrously. So he should be back up and at him next week. But he sends his apologies. Mm this week um oh. i know he was he was bigging up bigging up the tower of jocularity he really was week, wasn't he last week maybe that's it maybe he overpromised, and in fact he hasn't planned anything this week <laughs> and he's pulling a sickie maybe <laughs> um how are you apart from your burnt burned hand james uh i'm good actually um i'm i'm the opposite of burnt at the moment i'm a bit cold oh. because uh, I've not followed in your footsteps by having a broken boiler, but mm. because as of yesterday, the per kilowatt hour cost of heating my flat uh, went up by about five times. Whoa. <laughs> That's or a spicy five... meatball. <laughs> or 5x, as they say in um, technology executive speak. Um, so I want to see how long I can last before either succumbing to exposure mm. or just paying my house association the profits that they don't really deserve <laughs> well i i mean it's at least it's not the the deep midwinter because i assume you don't is, your flat isn't built in you know a video game and you're not gonna get a little cold meter <laughs> in the corner <laughs> this yeah gradually very very quickly dropping yeah I just I need, to, I need to build fires like sporadically throughout my flat. Yeah, do that. That's a good as idea. I, as I move through them, I just stand near each one for about five seconds, and the meter goes back up. Yeah, exactly. That that can't go wrong. It's <laughs> a brilliant plan. <laughs> I can see no downsides. It's, I mean, it's very British uh, cliche to talk about the weather, but it's weird here. It's I don't know. 
the joke is if you don't like the weather in Ireland, just wait 10 minutes and it'll change. Oh, and um, it uh. really does. The past few days, it has been both torrential rainstorms and then immediately after that, very sunny. So I don't know what's going on, but uh, I'm transitioning to my my kind of spring (laughs) udi. So I'm not full udi still. I'm dressed. Is it it slightly lighter than the the winter udi? Yeah. So a proper udi is like really really thick, and it's like wearing a carpet. And then uh, if you get like a Primark (laughs) own brand one, that's a bit thinner, (laughs) and you can use it as like a summer a summer replacement. Um, nice. So, but I am, in fact, wearing clothes currently. <laughs> so, presume you've got you've got like the five minutes of summer happening at the moment, and then mm. in another five minutes, you'll need to change into the yeah, possibly back into the winter early. Yeah, the fool's spring. Yeah, I might go for a walk later. Imagine that. Oh wow! Madness. I know. <laughs> oh well, well. I, I'm still stuck on your hand, James. I'm gravely concerned. <laughs> <laughs> no, honest, honestly, it's fine. Um, I, 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 I got through dinner by tight, very tightly grasping a can of cider that had been in the fridge. Oh, very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then putting Savlon on it. I don't know if Savlon does anything for burns. It, yeah, I'm sure it does. Um, yeah. It, it, does, it does a lot of things, Savlon. So, um, yeah. Probably the closest thing we have to miracle cream. I I uh, once like a family friend of ours is a uh, he's a tree surgeon, and he's like a hard bastard, but also like uh, a bit like single minded. I would say, and he cut okay. his hand quite badly when he was doing a bit of the old tree surgery because I grew up somewhere where that's a thing, and. He didn't want to go to the doctor, so he sewed his own hand up. <laughs> what? He sewed it up? Yeah, but that's, he didn't use like, like not even he didn't just he didn't just like super glue it shut. He actually got a, a needle and yeah, but what? but he didn't do it with Wire? like me- <laughs> he didn't do it with like medical thread. He did it with like cotton, like <laughs> and so obviously he did then have to go to the doctor. <laughs> In quite short to get, to get the infected yeah. cotton thread removed from his hand. So there you go. Medical <laughs> advice for your PC gaming podcast now. Don't sew your hand up with cotton thread and a regular yes. needle. <laughs> and don't touch don't touch the metal handle of a frying pan after it's been in the oven for twenty minutes. Yeah, so good this week. We're doing really good. Yeah, this is genuine consumer advice. Yeah. <laughs> on the podcast i'm sorry i just can't go over that this is like you've done this several times with your skillet okay i just well uh, uh, twice okay well fewer fewer than three (laughs) what at what point do you think you'll worry that it's like a a genuine danger to your like what five times (laughs) (laughs) if i get to three if i guess if it gets to three i'll just stop cooking that dish the magic number, yeah. But you know, in film logic, obviously, you'd just be able to like wrap a bit of sheet around it, and then it would be better, or at least it would be better yeah, long true. enough for you to shoot some baddies. And <laughs> that we're talking today about films and games, and and film version of games and game version of films. That's that's my segue this week. <laughs> so. 
this has been prompted by uh, the Nicolas Cage Dracula film called Renfield. I'm quite pleased because I've seen all the, <laughs> the things. So I've seen Renfield. It's mostly shit. Um, but uh, that's had a... That's, that's, that's a shame. Um, I, was, I know. I was thinking about seeing that. I do... I don't think it's not worth seeing, if that makes any sense. It has some... Really, it has some really fun fights. Nicolas Cage is doing some top Nicolas Caging as Dracula. Like, I don't know if he's a posh English guy. I don't know if he's a German guy. I don't know if he's Nicolas Cage. He's just all of them um, in his portrayal of Dracula. At one point he says, like, I'm immortal. Woo! <laughs> 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 does, does like a little woo about being immortal. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog is in it. Um, your man who's also in uh, I'll, I'll, the, I'll the actor who plays Sonic the Hedgehog yeah not literally that would be good though wouldn't it <laughs> okay yeah it would be. That'd be that would be better than the actual Sonic films yeah I can't remember his name now but he's good in it he's a baddie and he has some very good laughs he has some good jokes in it um, and uh, it's the the thing that kind of lets it down really is the editing. I think it's clear that they had to edit around what the plot was going to be um, and change things quite a bit. Um, so it's a bit it's let down by that more than anything. I think there's some like really shoddy ADR where they've had to like work around recutting stuff they filmed already and oh, things okay. like that. But um, it is a fun experiment. And I would much rather we got more Renfields than another Captain America kind of thing. But look, there you go. That's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has had a Vampire Survivors-like game adaptation. I don't know who yeah. conceived of this, but it's you can buy it. It's not a browser thing. You can get it from Steam for like a fiver. And I, I don't know. I was just like, what? This doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> Yeah, well, they must have had to. They must have had to knock that together quite quickly because the vampire survivors, the vampire survivors, like craze is a yeah, a relatively new thing, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's still going on. And and like it sort of it feels like the film yeah had been made and then or was being made and then someone was like, "Yeah, this vampire game, it's massive." Ashes cigar, <laughs> and you know, um, but it's called Renfield. Bring bring your own blood. I believe, um, and it's out now. I haven't played it, but it's very much like Vampire Survivors, um, inspired by the major motion picture, which is such a lovely. It feels like such a retro f- f- uh, oh, phrase, yeah, that's yeah. It. and it places you in Renfield's uh, underpaid, overworked shoes. Writes Khan, our news writer. You'll be trekking through a top-down pixelated version of Narlins to fetch some dinner for Dracula. Um, and in you know the game gives you hordes of enemies to rampage through while you become increasingly unstoppable. In the film, as a nod to the book, he has to eat bugs, and that gives him like special powers. It's very strange. <laughs> um, yeah, there there is a blog post introducing it that doesn't really kind of explain why it exists. Um, it just said our goal was to create something unique but relatable for auto roguelike roguelite fans, and we'd love to know what you think. It's in early access, and it does have a Discord as well. What's going on? I okay. don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like this is a, it's a blast from the past for mm. sure. 
Do we do we know anything about the developers? Have they made anything notable before? Oh, let me just open the old. Uh, let me just open the old Steam page. Uh, it's published by Skybound Games. It's made by Mega Cat Studios, um, who have done okay. Russell Quest, which appears to be uh, an RPG pro wrestling fighting game that is very it's got very legally distinct from wwe vibes oh so like quadruple h versus the stone yeah um oh that's sorry that's the publisher the publisher's done a bunch of stuff actually the publisher did rainbow billy in the curse oh yes yeah yeah yes skyvan's done a bunch of stuff yeah um but i don't know about the developers um yeah so it's a bit of a weird one. Um, and this follows a, a recent trend. So the Banshees of Inishirin got, <laughs> for some reason, got a, <laughs> uh, an in-browser video game, uh, which is basically a, a kind of, I guess, a 8-bit it's, it's maze. It's Pac-Man, really. Pac-Man maze, Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah. Where you have to collect fingers. Collect <laughs> <laughs> fingers. And then... Instead of a ghost, it's Colin Farrell. Yeah, you run away from Colin Farrell. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. Um, uh, we'll put the link to that in the show notes if you want to play it. And Cocaine Bear, which I like calling Cocaine Bear, um, had a similar in-browser uh, Pac-Man game where you are a bear and you have to eat the ghosts and also cocaine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it has loads of levels. Um and th- these are more what I'd expect of video game, you know, that, you know, unserious kind of in-browser efforts as a, like, a little long... In, in, the, in, the, modern, in the modern era, yeah, because there was a time when, you know, every, every, like, vaguely suitable game for it got some kind of, like, fairly terrible, like, action-adventure tie-in. Well, let's talk about like, that, James. Or, like, racing game tie-in. Yeah. Do you what? Do you have any like favorite proper video game tie-ins? Only really from my childhood. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a there was a quite enjoyable Toy Story, um, tie-in game where you played as Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> um, and it, it, it was it's it kind of like an action platformer. Um, obviously, like the levels were to the scale of you know appropriate to the scale of you being a toy. Um, which is quite interesting. Um, also, <laughs> one of my one of my past guilty pleasures was the Italian Job game, two thousand three. Say more right now. <laughs> what? Based, based on based on the Mark Wahlberg Jason Statham reboot. Shut up! Yeah. it gets better and better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was it was clearly made on a very small budget because they had they did they not only had a Mark Wahlberg impersonator but they had no like human character models or cutscenes whatsoever it was all just cars in a very small chunk corner of los angeles all with like blacked out (laughs) windows so you didn't have to animate the people inside um or indeed barely animate the cars because i remember when when you crashed into a car there wasn't really like the physics engine couldn't handle how you'd imagine an either realistic or Hollywood car crash to play out. So the cars would just kind of like bop into each other and then they'd, they'd like bounce from side to side. <laughs> like they'd, 
Like they bounce twice on their two right wheels and flip over and bounce on the two left wheels. Yeah. And just kind of like tilt back and forth like that for a few seconds. <laughs> I love it. It sounds great. And the, and the, the, but the, the, the weirdest thing was beneath all that bullshit was actually like a fairly enjoyable, like arcade driving game. It had quite good, like very simple go kart, you know, super easy power side. Mm. Um, driving mechanics and quite a fun like little stunt driving mini mode where you essentially drove around little obstacle courses in a mini which was genuinely genuinely neat it does sound neat (laughs) um i sent you the link to the wikipedia page which i'll drop in the show notes as well of video like video game adaptations or films or tie-ins to films and there were so many There's so many, honestly. There like I, I was t- taken aback by how many there were. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, like a lot in the nineties, a lot in the eighties, still quite a lot in the the two thousands. Then it sort of tapered out, sort of this side of twenty ten, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, but there were, like you say, a lot of adventure games. So there was a, <laughs> a lot of adventure game tie-ins to Disney uh, and animated films there was one to the the fox uh animation of do you remember anastasia the, with the, oh vaguely yeah with the little bat <laughs> there was a little adventure game where you i remember this because my friend had it It was a little adventure game where you played as her dog and the bat <laughs> um and there's obviously the blade runner game from westwood which got a sort of remaster recently which alice hated um because it made it look shit uh, this not a PC game. I must have but... missed that. I don't. Sorry. So I must have missed that. Oh no! She, yeah, she got Me. really cross about it. <laughs> oh, she wrote a whole post. There's the pictures comparing the the two. Uh, there's. I mean, it's not a PC game, but probably one of the most famous of all time is Goldeneye, right? Oh yeah. 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 Didn't think okay, of that. Okay, so they, they can yeah, they, they can they can come good. I think that's the um, thing, isn't it? Do you like me, do you have just the preconception that they're not very good? Oh that they're terrible. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Do you think that's because they generally aren't, or are we just snobs? <laughs> I I mean I just think they were they were they're they're like bored under a bad sun, you know. Yeah. They're, they're, they're de- <laughs> developed they they weren't developed with the intent of oh let's make a really cool game necessarily in most cases mm. it was someone thinking this would be oh a good way to either like a good way to promote a a film or you know a different property or you know some let's throw something out like quick and cheap mm. and then fans of the film will will buy that they're very true. I mean, well, here's a question though: Are the Lego games adaptations of, of films in the sense that we are talking about them? Ah, uh... because they sort of are. They sort of are tie-ins hmm. as well. They definitely have the same. But they're, they're, I guess, but they're also they're kind of like simultaneously like affectionate parodies. Yeah, I think there's more. I think there's more of a 
you know, li- likable um, artistic quality, sort of in the Lego games, despite the fact that they're all like very, <laughs> very similar in how they play out. Yes, that's fair. I think they have a lot of. It feels like they have a lot of leeway in in what yeah. they do. I just oh that's sorry I'm still looking at the list but Blade Two had a video yeah. game in 2002 and it was made by Muckyfoot who are the same people that did Startopia and that's not that was their next game after Startopia <laughs> <laughs> and then the, I I think they closed in what 2003 pivot. so maybe Blade Two killed them <laughs> I've just I've also just discovered that the year before the Italian Job remake game came out I was two years sorry there was a Italian job game based on the 1969 <laughs> original film. Of course. <laughs> the uh, game features a story mode based on the film and a multiplayer party mode. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find. I want to find this now. This could be quite. This could be quite. What? Um, laugh. It's looking at this list, you know, there's the Spider-Man two tie-in. There's. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. There was yeah. Lord of the Rings had some ones that people loved, uh, that are still talked about fondly today. Why do you think they've stopped? Has it just got too expensive? I like get game development in general has got way more expensive, right? Yeah. Um, like people's the stat, like the the te- the technical standards and people's expectations of them have gone way up, and I think a lot of the a lot of the times it's just not worth it. Which is, I think, also why you see most. Tying games more recently are thing are are things like, um, like Pac Man clones, mm. um, which are just kind of like quick little ditties mm. essentially. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of my favorite. That so, did you ever see Small Soldiers? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I re- I played the small so- yes I played the small soldiers game as well. Now there were a couple of them. I remember Weirdly, that. did you play the team tactics one? The like squad squad based. Oh no! I I just remember I just remember the the third person action one. Uh no yeah. See the one I played was called Small Soldiers Squad Commander, and I fucking loved it. I played so much of it. You have a little squad, and you you know you have a unit cap. And you have to get through uh, a level that has, you know, some it has enemy soldiers. And there were two different campaigns: one for the the commander elite and one for the Gorgonites. Oh, it's like Dawn of War, but small soldiers. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It was great, and I can't find it anywhere. Oh, I love that. Um, the 2016 Ghostbusters as well is a kind of white whale of mine because um, I had a copy of it on, I think, PlayStation. And it was broken, so it wouldn't save. So if I wanted to complete it, I had to play it all in one go, like only pausing to eat and stuff. I couldn't shut down the PlayStation. I never finished it. Oh, I got right to the end. I can never finish the last, the final boss fight. (laughs) Oh, so I sometimes I think like maybe I should finish it and see if you know was worth finishing. And the answer is almost certainly no. But that was an interesting one because (laughs) that was sort of treated as like a Ghostbusters 3 film like it had Bill Murray in it and like oh really like a, a, an authentic Bill Murray performance I, I think so either that or a very good impression I'd have to to check because they don't speak much in it but they it like they go to some of the locations from the films like you go back to the hotel and stuff and 
you you play like the new recruit, so they're expanding again, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It's a a real treat for <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters fans. Uh, I remember there are loads of Transformers games, loads of them. Some of them are supposed to be pretty um, good. I say loads. Oh yeah, was there? A, I remember playing a I remember playing a Transformers game that came out like around the same time as the films, but I don't know if it was actually a a film tie-in. Mm. Yeah, I Ooh. well, if you're listening and you have a particular fondness for a video game tie-in. Of any kind, give us a shout. Um, yeah. Let us know. Email in podcasts at rockpapershotgun dot com, and uh, we'll have a chat about it. Because I'm interested. Because it, if if it was a game that you got as a present when you were a kid, kind of thing, I think that will leave an impact on you. You know, even if it was a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> well, THQ did a bunch of THQ did up the video game, and they did. Wally, the video game doesn't... <laughs> doesn't feel very THQ, you know. Doesn't? No, it doesn't. Oh, I remember. I just remembered the um the Quantum of Solace game. Oh, which which um it adapted. It actually adapted both Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale, as you do, yeah. like in in pretty much their entirety. But they didn't. The game didn't start with Casino Royale and then went on to Quantum of Solace. You essentially play through about half of Quantum of Solace, and then James Bond has like this reminds me of something, and then he has an, a flashback that lasts the entire duration of Casino Royale, <laughs> and then what? and then at the end of the Casino Royale bit, it just cuts back to him in the cave having this flashback. <laughs> Bam's nuns having a stroke. And you just can you. <laughs> 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 and then you cut, and then you resume playing, like five hours later. <laughs> Quantum of Solace. That's so good. <laughs> that makes the least sense of anything I've ever heard. <laughs> that that wasn't that wasn't made by like some no name company. That was made by Treyarch, like <laughs> as they were making. Incredibly popular Call of Duty game. <laughs> <laughs> like, is the implication that, like, while he's having this flashback, he's just like staring into space? Sorry, I'm just playing with like drool coming yeah. out of his mouth. <laughs> oh dear, poor oh, James that, Bond. Yeah, well, that I, I, I think that was a, um, a proper like Daniel Craig performance as well. Like, yeah. like new, new voice acting and face modeling. One, um, uh, it's not a, a movie tie-in, but there was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer third-person action game called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? Chaos Bleeds, and they got loads of the original Ooh. cast apart from um, Buffy. Uh, <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> so it's like someone doing an impression of Buffy while she talks to actual Xander and actual Spike and stuff. <laughs> um, and there's one level I really remember because like they're in like some sort of alternate evil Sunnydale they've been sucked there by some kind of horrible god or whatever and uh, you have to like overcome challenges and one of Buffy's ones is that there's just like a spell animating zombies in a graveyard and you have to defeat the spell before it reanimates her dead mother 
<laughs> it's such video game bullshit. It's so good. <laughs> uh, adapt like adaptations of films are one are one thing, but adaptations of TV shows were like a different breed of yeah low budget terribleness. Yeah. I remember playing um uh, a CSI like adventure game. <gasps> I played them on my DS. It might be a different one, but I love them. They're so stupid. I, I, oh, what did I play? I think it was on the, I think it was on PC. I must have played it on like my mum's rubbish laptop or something. But yeah, it was like it. It kind of makes sense, though, because you're just like clicking on machines and yeah. the, the DNA numbers come out. Yeah, and say, yeah, it's a murderer. Yeah, I love um, it. But I, re- I, re- I remember that had like um, like two of the maybe six principal cast members of the show actually doing their own voices no way and the rest and the rest was sound likes yeah <laughs> the one that i played on the ds uh was great because they didn't obviously they didn't have to hire any voice actors so it's just like the actors mm. sort of likeness uh and then basically they have dialogue that goes like it's me from the television <laughs> <laughs> it's very good um would it behoove us to mention Bithel Games in this conversation? Because their last game was John Wick Hex, and they are now making a Tron adventure game. Oh, okay. I was thinking about John Wick Hex recently, because there was a quite popular um, tweet thread doing the rounds after, like, immediately after John Wick Chapter 4 came out, which is like, why haven't they made a John Wick game? Oh dear. I just imagine, oh, imagine being... Imagine working at Before Games and seeing that. Oh. I sort of know, like that when they say that, what they mean is they want like a shooter where they feel like a cool boy. Yeah, don't they? yeah, yeah. Rather than a, rather than it's kind of like I. So I haven't played John Wick X, but I, I think it's a bit like Frozen Synapse, and like you choose, you choose like moves essentially, yeah, like actions to perform ahead of time. Yeah, so it's like yeah, just so yeah. I, I kind of it's pretty cool. I, I play it. I played it a preview and I thought it was pretty pretty decent, but it's not yeah. what you're after. It's sort of like a, a hex-based strategy game meets super hot, and it's kind of not what you're after if you um if if you're that guy <laughs> doing a cross tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, think, I I don't I don't think a John Wick shooter would really work because John Wick would stop being you know the very precise professional murder machine, and he'd do things like. <laughs> Get stuck rolling. <laughs> yeah. Or get, sh- get you know perforated by some random bad guy because he forgets to reload, it- or any other any other stupid bullshit. The average gamer does a yeah does the- kill the fantasy a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because it obviously like Disney obviously saw that and thought that looks quite good or like that is well produced enough to trust you with one of our lesser <laughs> ips you know um <laughs> so maybe that's that's what biffle games will do now you know yeah um but i did as well we're gonna tread over some old ground a little bit because we've talked about film and tv adaptations of games before but since then the mario film has come out have you seen it james i no i haven't me either. I sort of refuse to on, on moral grounds. I I refuse to be gaslit into f- believing that it's actually good. 
Like I've seen, I've seen a few people being like, "Oh no, it's actually good." It, you could you could tell from the trailers, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but James, all all the Nintendo bloggers who went to the premiere said it was amazing. <laughs> 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 Um, I think it's probably an all right kids movie, but I am very, um, I may be a bit of a dick about that because people are like, oh, it's a kids movie. It's not meant to be good, you know, but like, you but know, there are, but there are loads of good kids. Exactly. Movies. Yeah. Wally was made within our lifetime. We just mentioned him earlier. That's a brilliant kids <laughs> film. It's a beautiful kids film. So don't, let's not. And also kids aren't that stupid. So let's not. You know, you don't have to dumb stuff down for kids necessarily. Those little psychos love, you know, horrible <laughs> fairy tales where people get eaten. So, um, oh, I'm I'm quite curious about the the Jack Black performance as as Bowser. That is, in fairness, I, everyone I think... who I know who has seen it uh, says that Jack Black is the best one in it. Um, uh, okay, but related. I, I can, I can, I can believe that. I can believe that. He seems like in all the interviews and stuff, like where he turns up dressed as Bowser, it seems like he's actually like enthused to be part of the projects. <laughs> um, but related to that, James, I've sent you a couple of tweets. So I'd like you to read out, and then we can uh, lightly comment on them. So the first one is, uh, and anyone who follows me on Twitter will have seen me get furious about this tweet. <laughs> but the first is what Chris Pratt tweeted to advertise his attendance of the premiere. Do you, do you want to read that out, please? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you. Okay, I'm going to try and do it without cringing my face inside okay. out. <clears throat> to power up for the Mario premiere, my brother Charlie Day and I went foraging through the park on our hands and knees, eating all types of leaves, mushrooms, and smiley-faced stars. The next thing you know, we were almost late. Hashtag Super Mario Movie at Super Mario Movie. Uh, what? <laughs> what? I went to the park and ate leaves is not a genius marketing tagline. It's so I hated it so much. I I, don't, I think I said it's the most fucking abysmal ad copy I've ever read in my life because like <laughs> that would have been through several people and they were all like yes this seems good. Like it is so charmless and graceless. It doesn't make me want to see the film. It makes me want to firebomb the nearest Nintendo standee <laughs> I can find. I hate it so much. It made me so gross. I <laughs> <laughs> I oh uh, uh, like the nearest thing I can find it like is it supposed to be a joke about how they like went to the park and like hoovered up loads of e tabs like <laughs> is that what it's meant to be is it meant to be like a cheeky millennial drugs joke? Uh. I don't. I, I I get the mushrooms and and the stars thing because Mario does eat those things. Does he eat leaves at any point? I. I don't know. If I've, if it is I've, a drugs I've, joke, maybe that's supposed to be like weed. I don't know. It, but I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Charlie Day doesn't deserve this man. <laughs> I feel like I don't like I I don't like the last sentence. The next thing you know, we were almost late. If you were almost late, then you weren't late. So nothing like there there are no stakes. Well, um, there are no stakes there. Nothing nothing went wrong. You had a nice. You had a nice time at the park. It's bad storytelling. I mean, it is it is a story in two parts, so you could read the second tweet if you want. But 
okay. but it won't make you feel better about so this, it. <laughs> this is also uh, Chris Pratt, uh, star of Super Mario Bros. movie. So we hopped in our trusty van and Charlie was throwing banana peels at oncoming traffic. And that's a true story of how we arrived at the hashtag Super Mario movie premiere. Wahoo! Mushroom emoji, rainbow emoji. Uh-huh. I think that's a plunger emoji. Uh-huh. Yes. Wahoo! Uh-huh. It's physically painful. <laughs> I could, I whatever they are paying whoever it is writes Chris Pratt's tweets. I would do it for probably ten percent, and it would be better. Like. I hate it so much. Charlie Day is one of the greatest like comedian comedic actors and writers that our current generation has produced and and he shouldn't He's been reduced to shouldn't be part of this a made band. up story about throwing fruit at oncoming traffic. I feel like Charlie Day is a kind of one for them one for me guy though. <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. Um and this, this, I don't want to be like all gatekeepery and be like this is the mainstreaming of video games. It's, it's not. It's just awful. Um, but speaking of, uh, and I didn't realize this, but apparently you got angry about this other tweet that I've given you to read. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is from uh, the Game Awards official official Twitter. Um, I. Do we do we know who writes these? Is this actually is this Jeff? It might be, or that just someone who works for Jeff. Jeff and the Game Awards account cross post quite a lot, so it's hard to say. Okay, well, well attribute it to Jeff and the Game Awards gang. Uh, so it attaches a f- it attaches the promotional key art for Yusuf Mario Bros movie and the Last of Us TV show, and the tweet reads: "The biggest movie of 2023 so far." Based on a video game. The biggest series of 2023 so far? Based on a video game. Video games, controller emoji, are just getting started. <laughs> I, I fucking hate this tweet. It, it's so simpering and subservient to, to films and TV. I can't stand... Oh, look at it. And the fucking controller emoji. Grow up. <laughs> Wow, this is the most animated you've been, I think. Honest, honestly, I'm agitated because I burnt my hand and I'm <laughs> looking at. I burnt my hand and now this. At this cloying notice us filmmakers. Yeah, senpai tweet. I think you are not the only person who has observed that this is, is saying like video games are good when they're filmed. <laughs> <laughs> Video games are good when they're not video games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which surely is not the remit of the Game Awards. <laughs> and it's one of the things that I think is holding video games back is this like weird desire to be films instead of games. And so many, you know, auteur game developers feel like thwarted like <laughs> directors, you know. <laughs> Like they wanted to make a movie, right, right. And I, I, wow. I want games to embrace what they can do different to films, which is a lot, you know. Just because yeah. you, you're watching yeah. stuff on a screen doesn't have to be the same. 
mate. Well, unfortunately, Alice, <laughs> video games are just getting started. <laughs> no! And, they, and, and video games will not be finished until the only things we watch on TV are adaptations of video games. I think is oh. the I think is the implication of this tweet. Yeah, I didn't even think of I that. Think that's, I think that's the like ideal what? stance <laughs> what is, of the Game Awards. What is the end point of games? <laughs> Uh, maybe it'll be when we're all living in games like, you know, Second Life. How's Second Life doing these days? On the metro. More to the point. Uh, t- it's ticking along, isn't it? It's not like... I don't... It's not died like Facebook's metaverse thing has. Yeah. No, you have legs in metaverse now, don't worry. <laughs> 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 I watched, actually, there's a... um a Bitcoin version or like a Web3 version uh, called Decentraland and I watched a YouTube video essay about it and it's extremely funny. <laughs> um, so I will link that. It's by um, Folding Ideas by Dan Olson and I will link that in the show notes as well because it's very good. Um, do we have anything left to say about the tweets that made us angry or game tie-ins to no, films? No, I want, I, want I want to close the tabs. You want to close the tabs? Closing, closing down, James. Lower your blood pressure there. And let's move on then to talking about the actual games, the video games that we have been playing. Have you played any games this week, James? I have, (gasps) yes. I've been playing uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, which uh, has just... Simultaneously launched on Game Pass and has received a quite sizable um, update. Um, the main thing, as is uh, a roguelite mode called Spider's Fred. Oh, that's cool. Um, but the what I'm mainly enjoying is the so they've added a bunch of new enemies and like combat moves to the base game. Okay. Because um, it so for the uninitiated in Ghost of Tokyo, it's a first-person shooter, but what you're shooting is your hands. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, you're you're using literal finger guns. Um, so you it's it's set in like modern day set in modern day Tokyo, um, but with a heavy like Japanese folklore mythology influence. So you are you are basically fighting creatures from Japanese folklore by shooting magic out of your hands um whilst being possessed by a ghost policeman it's it's great oh yeah good, good fun game yeah i i read it i read it i really liked it when it came out and um i like it even more now because uh most of the new combat moves are based around i guess being more like having more dynamic movement um which the combat was lacking before um like you can do dodges uh you can do ground pounds you can like if you if you do a stealth attack from a bug, you'll kinda of like zip in towards someone. And then if you upgrade that attack, you can then you can zip into someone, like stealth kill them, and then zip to a different enemy. Uh, which is super cool. Um the combat before had a had a nice flow to it because it's based around like doing damage and then doing a finishing mm. move. Like almost kind of almost kind of like Doom. That's um, an interesting comparison. <laughs> But you're a Japanese twink. Um, <laughs> I don't, so, so it had so it had this it had this nice flow to it, but it was also like very 
almost like two dimensional. Like it's all just on a flat plane. Uh, you, you don't really move around other than like maybe running backwards. Uh, and now it's more, you know, it just feels more like lively and dynamic. You can mm. dodge, you can zip around. Um, and the ground, the ground pound is actually extremely fun. It has a little like, if you do it, you get a little, you do a little boost in the air to go even higher before you punch down on the ground, which just feels amazing. Um, also, I wanted to try like whether there was a height limit. Okay. So almost immediately after I unlocked it, I went to the top of uh, the game's version of the. Oh, what's it called? Um, it's the big famous skyscraper. It's a, it's a bit. It's a. It's it's not the one that looks like the Eiffel Tower, but it is. A, it is a tall. It is a tall skyscraper yeah. in Japan. Um, I went. I went out to the observation deck, uh, which, according to Wikipedia, is about six hundred feet in the air, uh-huh. um, and j- jumped off and did a ground pound, <gasps> and it went all the way down to the ground. It, no, and it worked, and it was. It, yeah, it was That's great. That's great. Um, yeah. The only bad part was I just I just narrowly missed a bunch of enemies <laughs> by, by like two meters. So they must have just been like, "What the fuck is this guy coming from?" Probably for the best though, because your hand's oh. already injured. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. limiting my ability to do finger guns. <laughs> That's great. Also, though. not to, yeah. Also, not to sound like a folklore weep, but. Japanese mytholo- mythological creatures are way better than like British mythological creatures. They're cool, aren't they? In- like, yeah. In- so in in Ghost Fire, they've got they've got sentient umbrellas with tongues hanging out. Uh, they've got Kappa, which are little bald turtle men mm. who steal cucumbers and yank magical orbs out of your ass. <laughs> um, they've got massive women in face masks who attack you with scissors. I'm like, what have we got in British mythology? I mean, the Beast of Bodmin is just a big black cat, and I've got one of those at home. <laughs> yeah, we've. Ours are quite depressing, most of them, aren't they? Yeah. There are some good ones in Scotland. Oh. There are, like, you know, things that drink your blood and lure you into the sea and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Did, 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 didn't fairies originally come from Scotland? Are they a Scottish invention? They might be Irish as well. There's a lot of stuff okay. about got to turn your jumper inside out and all this kind of stuff. And in historically in Ireland, boys and girls used to wear skirts until like they were a certain age because um, you didn't want you, you wanted to confuse the fairies that they didn't steal your your male children because <laughs> they're, they're the, the highest value child. Oh, you are camouflaging the men folk. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So you like. You can see old pictures of of rural Irish families where all the kids uh, under a certain age are in dresses. It's quite good. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I look forward to the first person shooter where you where you fight them. Oh God, I hope so. Yeah, DLC that'd be good. <laughs> um, Go, Ghostwire, I don't know, court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you played? Been playing anything else, or have you just been shooting uh, ghosts? I've been playing a. Uh, I've been playing a bit of um, Dead Island 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, mainly for benchmarking, and I'm probably not going to play it after <laughs> I finish. It's so interesting it's... to for the listeners, because it's really divided the team. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, I I, I believe our review um, is, like, 
that's by uh, Rick Lane, friend of the yeah. friend of RTS. Yeah, and um, he's that because he he quite liked it. He did quite like it. Yeah, Liam Liam, Liam likes Liam it. Liam loves it. Yeah, Vid Budley. Hayden Hayden hates it. <laughs> Hayden hates it so much. <laughs> and I I don't like it, but then I also came in it with like preconceived notions, um, specifically that first person melee just does not work. Yeah, and does not, and has never worked, and will never work, and you should not, you should not make a game based around first person. Melee. Okay, yeah. So you're you're uh, you're bringing some baggage with you to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, I I I was talking to I was talking to Liam about this. Like, they're just the for me, there's too much of a disconnect between the action of clicking a mouse, which is a very like quick, instant one finger thing. There's, yeah. I think the disconnect for me is too big between that and the act of doing like a long loping swing. Yeah, that's fair. Which you don't, which you don't really get with like shooting a gun because that is also a quick, instant, one finger thing. Yeah, I think that. So that uh, I'm sort of with you there because I I previewed um, Dead Island Two, which takes place in LA, and as Rick Lane points out, is not an island. Um, uh yeah. but my main thing was like i don't know if this will be fun for like 20 hours or however long it's going to be because i i got a five hour mm. chunk but i do whenever i do a first person melee thing i always have to be quite a you know like a one hand thwack sword or like quite a fast you know wolverine hands yeah, yeah, kind too. of because yeah the, the swing speed is quite slow with some of the bigger weapons and a lot yeah, of the animations yeah. aren't cancelable after a certain point i feel like so it's a yeah this is what's like I, I i was just playing it at lunch um on the steam deck and i was doing a i was doing a boss fight which which has these like very very slow and like telegraphed uh like knockdown attacks um was that the bride also have like yes yeah um, there's a for the listener they... you fight a mutated bride who's turned into like a big tank uh zombie and she does a lot of ground pounding. A lot of ground pounding, yeah. Not not the not the fun jumping off a skyscraper kind. No. <laughs> um, the like not like knocking you on your ass from ten feet away kind of ground pound. Yeah. And the like the only way to do like decent damage is to do these like big long wind up attacks. But whenever you do that, she just ground pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so the fight is just the fight is just like it's just falling over mostly. Is... Yeah, that was another of my concerns with the preview because that just wasn't fun and you're locked in a room. So it's kind of, they talked a lot about like, you know, the freedom to approach the game how you want, but I was, I, I wanted to run away. So I didn't get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I beat her eventually by basically bunny hopping. <laughs> I just jumped everywhere so that, <laughs> so that her, her shock waves didn't hit me. But I, it's one of those things where like, yeah, if it wasn't in third person. Uh, first person it would look very yeah. stupid yeah. to uh, someone looking in the windows <laughs> at you jumping about yeah i i admittedly i don't have this um this melee bigotry towards third person games interesting i i i i will admit i can't really explain the difference just the vibes i think it might uh, yeah maybe i think it might just be because like when you have a third person perspective your character and animate and the animations can be a lot, I guess, flashier and yeah, more dynamic, yeah. which maybe makes up, which can like maybe hide the fact that the mm. you know swinging can be quite slow. Whereas in first person, you are just like 
watching yeah. <laughs> watching a view model very slowly move across the screen. I think as well in third person you have you know a wider field of vision, so you don't like you don't have to start a big swing and then be surprised by someone suddenly on your left, sort of thing. That's also um, true. Yeah. So that makes it a little that feels like less of a, a sunk cost into trying to do a big hit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was it was to 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 be to do some to do some BBC balance. Um, I do like how a big game has come out this year and it doesn't really have technical problems. Does it not? Oh, that's good. That's really it. Did actually the preview in fairness seemed solid. Yeah. Well, that's good. There's hope for us yet yeah. then. Uh, I might ask you about Redfall actually in the hardware section. People seem quite cross about it. Okay, uh, I'm. I, I haven't played Redfall. Uh, well, it's not. It's not out. Was there, was there, but... Oh, oh, oh! I think I. I know what you but mean. It's, it's frame locked, okay. and people are like. Bleh. I yeah. see. Oh yeah. So I might ask you about that, but uh, you know, I don't want to <laughs> surprise you with some surprise beans thrown in your face <laughs> to do with hardware. Um, very quickly, I've been playing Betrayal at Club Low, which is a Cosmo D game, and it's not a new game. It's like a four-hour RPG, but it's very weird. Um, we are playing it for our game club this week, or this month even, so the next couple of weeks we'll write a few articles about it, and then at the end of the month we'll have a live chat where anyone who's been playing it can have a chat about it with us. Um, it's weird. You're trying to get an undercover agent out of a club, a criminal underground club, uh, in disguise as a pizza delivery person and it's all done by dice rolls and you can make extra dice out of pizzas um, <laughs> so you make like a, a two by six pizza with different toppings on each square of it and then you fold it into a dice um, it's oh, it's very weird there's a lot of stuff I'm not very good at it I've died very quickly but Ed's been playing it and he's enjoyed it uh, he, he's been drinking from a puddle a lot and in the game. So, um, yeah. yeah, so watch out for that. Um, is, it a, is it a good video game, would you say? I think it is. Alice O really likes it, and that's usually a mark of quality. It's very, it's odd, and it's the sort of thing that I think, you know, there should be more of because it's different. And it's not, I'm in, I'm in one of those places where I just, every time there's like a big sequel coming out, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, is it is it is it like endearing odd or is it like trying too hard to be? I odd, think it's odd? endearing odd because I don't think it's trying to like impress anyone or oh, to make cool. you think it's cool. It's just doing stuff that Cosmo D enjoys, <laughs> and it's sort of like oh, okay, if you don't like it. Um, yeah, I did. I, I like the sound of the pizza dice. That sounds like a yeah. That sounds like a jazz punk joke. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So check it out, James and listener, if if you're interested, and look at what we've been writing about it. By the, by the time this comes out, I don't know if there'll be a, a, any fresh articles or not, but we will certainly write more about it over the coming days. There you go. Mm. Um, we will move quickly then into a good day to wear hard, if you don't mind, James. Uh, yeah, although it might be, it might be a, a, a shorter day to wear hard. That's okay. We've, we've rambled quite a lot. so <laughs> Like a December 21st day to wear hard. <laughs> okay. So uh, should, should, we, should, we start, should we start with Redfall? Yes. Actually. Yeah. So what's going on with Redfall? Because Redfall is, for the listeners, a quick catch up. It is Arcane's um, like multiplayer co-op 
it's Arcane's answer to like a Left 4 Dead where you're a gang of vampire hunters, except you don't have to stay in a group and it's in a big open world and you can go off and explore and come back and whatever and you're fighting vampires. And it came out recently that it's like locked to 30 FPS on... Definitely on Xbox. I th- can't, on a, can't remember on PC. I think it's just on... Just just on X... I don't think... If it's locked at 30 FPS on, on PC, that's, that is weird. But I, I think it is just yeah. Xbox at the moment. Um. Why would that be, and is that a bad thing, James? Because um, we've talked a lot about this... you know current gen uh, games coming out being a bit balked. It, like if it's locked to thirty FPS, but it works really well, is that bad? <laughs> yeah. So, so co- consoles consoles are big on uh, having what is what's typically called quality mode and performance mode. Uh, where they have like a ver- which is I guess roughly similar to on PC having like the difference between having everything running on ultra yeah. at a lower frame rate or everything running on like lower medium but having a higher frame yeah. rate. Yeah, so like e- either you can have like really amazing beans but they might not all get out of the can, or you can have quality beans that all come out, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the but it's a it's a but it's a smaller can? smaller can, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> So the the specific wording um, that the Redfall Twitter account used was that Redfall is launching on Xbox consoles with quality mode only. Okay. Um, putting aside the fact that that's not really a mode if it's just the only one. Um, like I guess it's not the... It's 30 FPS at 4K on the Xbox Series X and 30 FPS at 1440p on the Series S. So potentially it could yeah, like it could look really good with the trade-off being a lower frame rate, which is not necess- which is not in itself um like a I guess a technical failure. Okay. Um because it's you know, it's perfectly co- it's perfectly normal and common for the Series X to to run like 4K games at 30 FPS uh-huh. in in what they in what they call quality mode. Um. Yeah, I guess I guess I can see how it would be annoying for them to not also have a performance mode. I mean, because that's I I only <laughs> my my only reference to this is playing Horizon Forbidden West yeah. on the PS5, um, which has uh, I think they I think they've added more since I since I first played it. But when I played it, there was like a quality mode and a performance mode, and I just immediately went to performance mode because I'm used to having like a hundred odd FPS on PC. <laughs> that's, um, that's too many. That's too many Fs. <laughs> nah, nah, mate. You got a 144 hertz monitor. That's lo- lovely, and smooth caramel. That's more Fs gaming. than one person needs. Surely, <laughs> <laughs> like. In meme talk, that's like, behold the field where I grow my Fs. It's really full. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, So yeah, like it's not, I, the impression I get is not people are mad that it runs at 30 FPS. It's that there is not an, there's not also an option if you wanted to go faster on Xbox. Does that, would that make you worry about the game? In general, or um, is that putting you on the spot on, too early on to say P- on PC? 
Are we talking? I don't know, just in general. I'm I'm throwing broad stuff out there. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, um, is is a bit weird because I think they I think um that they did it with Deathloop. Like they had multiple mm. performance modes on console. Um, Deathloop was like broadly a good PC port version. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think. I think I think this is probably going to be more to do with um like the Xbox hardware I guess okay. maybe limitations I don't want to sound like a PC asshole <laughs> but um we do yeah, worry about I, that it, I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't look at that and think like oh god the PC version is going to be shit sure. okay um, or oh god the PC version I definitely don't think the PC version will only run at 30 fps cuz that'll be beyond madness but um I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there might be some performance, performance willies. Uh, we'll have to see about that. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, they're interesting yeah, to definitely. consider. Anyway, what what was your aware that you wanted to day hard? <laughs> oh, so um, I I'll, I will keep this brief because I I've, I've been thinking for two days about how to make this interesting to like a non non-tech okay. nerds and i don't think i that can well yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so uh, ssds that use the pcie 5.0 interface or pci gen 5 are about to have a proper launch uh the 5.0 interface has a lot more bandwidth than pci 4.0 so potentially much faster speeds although i've been testing an early engineering sample of a like a 5.0 drive, which is the crucial T700, and it's only actually a big leap forward in very specific, like read, write, file, copy, okay. pasting tasks that you're probably not going to perform very often, especially not on a gaming PC. Um, and I think part of the reason for that is that while the interface, like the connection between the SSD and the system, um, that can allow for a lot more data to go to and fro. The actual memory used on the SSD where the data is saved, uh, like that, physically, that is actually identical to memory that's already being used on existing PCIe 4 drives. Okay, okay I think I'm and with so you. To honor, Same beans. To, to honor, to honor, yeah, actually, so to honor Nate, I've, I think we should attempt okay. a cowboy and beans metaphor. All right, beans me. So PCIe 5 is like a cowboy eating a tin of beans and he's trained himself to widen his gullet so that so that more so that more beans may pass through his cowboy more at, at any given time yeah. however however he is still using the same sized spoon that he was using previously Meaning the beans are not being transferred from the tin particularly faster. <laughs> also, he has not trained the rest of his digestive system to process the beans any faster. <laughs> so while so while they're providing while they're still providing the cowboy with energy, yeah, the energy he needs to you know shoot banditos. Of course, uh, it's not he's not gaining that enemy. He's not necessarily gaining that energy faster than he was if he was eating generation four tin of beans. Oh no. <laughs> mm. that, that's a great metaphor though. That's very good. And that's the closest I can come to making SSD chat remotely interesting. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. 
Do you know what I love about the cowboys and beans metaphor as well? So it's very flexible. So that any point the beans can be right. the hardware or software or like it can, or or like you know the <laughs> FPS itself. You know, there's just so much versatility to the beans in the metaphor and in life. Beans are a yeah, great food. Yeah, it's a very good show of, of of Nate in that season two episode one episode. He's just he just likes cowboys, oh, man. You know. Mm. <laughs> All right, lovely. Well, thanks for that. I sort of understand that. That's great. You're welcome. <laughs> now all that remains is to do our recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. And what are you going to recommend this week, James? Uh, so can I be annoying and recommend something that is location limited? <sighs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to recommend uh, Thin Air, which is a contemporary art exhibit. One of those one of those art thingies. Currently taking place at The Beams, which is a converted factory so, in the s- London Docklands. Sorry, it's taking place where? <laughs> the Beams. It's taking place at The Beams? <laughs> The be no, not the beans. The beans. Beans. B e a m s. Okay. All right. Good. Love uh, that. Which is, a, which is yes. It's a it's it's a former factory in uh, London Docklands near London City Airport, uh, London's worst airport, uh, and it's all audio visual art with an emphasis on. Uh, how do I put this? It's like what I'd imagine really good rave lighting would be like, were I inclined to go to raves ever. Okay. <laughs> so to give, an ex- to give an example, there is one particularly large room in this exhibit that's pitch black, except for very localized strips of light, which like illuminate the ground in patterns and in time with this very loud but very creepy industrial soundtrack. Okay, okay. Um, it's, a bit like, it's a bit like being in one of the more horror-tinged bits in the, in the game Control. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm into that. Another exhibit I really liked was this enormous pattern of crisscrossing lasers. Um, basically just like red Mission Impossible lasers <laughs> that formed a big spiraling shape in the middle of the room. And it was fascinating because you're really if you if you stop and think about it, you're really just walking around an empty room. Yeah. The exhibit itself is just light, but the lasers feel like a physical presence. They're almost like forms and shapes around you as you walk through them like a liquid it's so good um so yes apologies if it's not convenient for you for you to go to the london docklands uh but it is running it is running until june if you want to go check it out Oh, lovely okay um i've got a highbrow recommendation and a lowbrow recommendation i wasn't sure which one to choose but nate isn't here so i might do both so you can have both yeah um so my highbrow one is a book called frontier by grace curtis which um I we, we were reading as part of our work uh, book club, and it's a sci-fi book that is got big uh, Firefly vibes. So it's about a an okay. ex-soldier that crash lands from space on uh, planet Earth, and it's an Earth that had you know an ecological disaster, and is a kind of dust bowl like desert planet now, and is populated sort of almost entirely by humans who refused to evacuate and now they all worship the earth itself as god um okay you know like a kind of 
they said like one of the refrains is like when the waters dry up drink dust kind of thing like the earth will provide and um it's sort of it's almost a series of vignettes because it's this unnamed traveler who's trying to find someone and each sort of chapter she's turned up somewhere else and is doing something slightly different so there's one where she's being a courier and she's taking a tortoise full of drugs across the desert and there's another one where she's on a train and someone gets killed in the compartment that she's uh, stowawayed in and it's uh, a lot of them are from the point of view some of them are from the point of view of her but some of them are from the point of view of other people in the scene and stuff it's really fun. I've been trying okay. to get back into reading sci-fi and this wasn't too hard sci-fi, you know? Yeah, yeah. It sounds cool. Yeah, it's very good. Um, mm. And it's written by a games uh, writer who's written for Eurogamer, I think, uh, Grace Curtis. So that's both a disclosure and a recommendation, I suppose. Um, <laughs> uh, and then my lowbrow recommendation is the Channel 4... <laughs> reality show hosted by Danny Dyer which is sort of like a week-long big brother where eight celebrities have been fucked into the same living quarters except there aren't any lights on in it (laughs) (laughs) what it's called it's called scared in the dark and it's just eight celebrities living in pitch black together (laughs) one of them is Paul Gascoigne and he said like talking to Danny Dyer he was like this is the nuttiest thing I've ever done and I was a bit like <laughs> With all the love in my heart, Gaza. No, it's not. <laughs> and one of the other people is Chris Eubank, and he keeps telling everyone not to swear, and then they keep swearing anyway, and he looks really cross in the dark because all the cameras are infrared, but they can't see each other. So it's just a lot of like ex Love Island contestants making faces in the dark at Chris Eubank. <laughs> and there's only been one episode on so far, but. In it, Chris Eubank says, does anyone have any poetry or philosophy they'd like to share? And Gaza, in response to that request, tells the story of the time he had a wank in the toilets at number 10 Downing Street. (laughs) (laughs) So even though there's only been one episode, I feel confident in saying it's one of the best TV shows ever made. (laughs) Um, Are there like, are there like, do they have challenges to do, or is it just them talking? Yeah, every so often they'll. Is is it like a is it like a character study, but of real people? Yes. Well, I guess like every so often they'll take them out of the living bit and then put them in a dark room in the warehouse next door, where they have to do like a challenge whilst being they like they have to unlock a series of doors whilst being chased by like an intern in an infrared uh, headset <laughs> kind of thing. Um, okay. But uh, it's mostly just them sitting around. Uh, <laughs> Not getting on with each other. <laughs> Dreadful television show. Really recommend it. Awful. Yeah. It that's I think although Chris Eubank and Paul Gasoyne are I think like relatively decent caliber of celebrities to get on a show like this. Yeah. I remember I remember like Big Brother a few years ago was just full of nobodies, but Yeah, I don't know. This it is it's pretty yeah. stacked. But well, it's variable. So there's those two and then there's like uh yeah, an ex Love Island contestant from a couple series ago and um some like one of the singers from The Wanted and stuff. So it's not too bad, but it's it's All a right. okay. it's it's a real mix, yeah. <laughs> so that's my recommendation. Uh and my other recommendation for you, listener, is to have a really nice afternoon because we appreciate you listening Aww. to this 
which has been season two, episode 12, the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, uh, in my opinion, because this week we've done medical advice and everything. <laughs> we are not doctors, um, but we do work for the website, uh, the website rockpapershotgun.com. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and TikTok. Uh, by searching Rock Paper Shotgun and you can for all your PC gaming news go to www.rockpapershotgun.com but for now it's goodbye from me Alice and it's goodbye from James goodbye Bye.